Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Episode 269, Listener Special, Your Burning Questions. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today, we are sharing your answers to your burning questions. Hot, that's sizzling questions. Yes, some of them hotter than others. Some of them burning, some smoldering. Yes, but first, this episode is brought to you by the one week spending makeover. Mm. Oh, so soon, so close. If you have not signed up yet, what are you waiting for? January 2nd through 6th, so the first week of the year, Monday to Friday. We are hosting a free one-week challenge where I will be hosting daily live lessons. Jill and I will be live with you on the Wednesday night of that week for an extended lesson. You're going to get these in an exclusive pop-up Facebook community. You're also going to get them in your inbox if you're not on Facebook. So this is just the place to be the first week of January if you want to get your spending transformed, made over, in control, whatever you define that as. So the goal of this challenge is we're going to be going through the week. In five days or less, you're going to have a clear picture of your past spending, a foundation for values-based spending, and a plan to improve and implement your spending through 2023 in a way that makes sense for you, that makes you happy, not guilty. It's going to be fantastic. There's going to be prizes, free PDF downloads, so much more. So please join us, frugalfriendspodcast.com slash makeover. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. I love it. This sounds so fun. It's making me excited. It's one of the things I enjoy doing in the new year is, well, reflecting back on a lot of things, but making a plan. Lots of people love it, but it's something I look forward to doing. It's kind of one of those activities that I get a drink that I enjoy and I really carve out time to take a look at it plan ahead, write things down. For anyone who loves stickers and highlighters, this Mm -hmm. is your time. If you just like having a good, clear plan that's simple, this is also for you. So yeah. Yes. Oh, can't wait. 
And this is our gift to you as our last episode before Christmas. This is our gift to you. Mm. And another gift that we have for you. So we do a listener special episode every year for the past four years, I think. And our, our my gift to you is <laughs> for you to go back and listen to at least the beginning of episode 140, which was our listener special from 2020. Mm. It is hands down the episode I am most proud of in our entire 269. We haven't even finished this episode yet, but I already know I'm not going to be as proud of it as I am episode 140. The, these are big statements. And I think you even went so far before we were recording to say, it's the thing you're most proud of in your entire career, not just <laughs> this. Like, I think you feel I, like you I think you've it is peaked. the best thing I've done in my entire career. And I need everyone to just take a minute, go back, go back to episode 140, our listener special on Christmas Day of 2020. So it's Christmas and it's also 2020. And so, you know, it's weird. Yeah. It's very weird, but we just re-listened to it ourselves and we were dying of laughter. That's essentially what it is. Dying. And you definitely have to be like a slight nerd to understand it. Well, Jill is not a nerd and she's uh -huh. still appreciated. Maybe because she participated in it. Yeah. But it is... Uh, I appreciated it now. I didn't totally know what it was. So if you <laughs> fall in that camp and even after listening, you don't totally get it, send us a message. We'll yeah. explain. But if you're a slight... I'm just going to give it away. If you are a slight Star Wars nerd, then you definitely have to go back and listen. Just even slight. Please do it just for Please Jen's just sake. For because me. Jen almost made that introduction, the introduction of this episode. Thankfully, it doesn't work. The audio was good, was too specific for 2020. Yeah. Um, but the compromise is highlighting it here so that you go back and listen so that we didn't have to replay it during I've never episode. pushed. I've never pushed you to go back and listen to an episode as strongly as... I've pushed you today. <laughs> Episode 140, listener special from 2020 on Christmas Day. Okay. okay. <laughs> move. I guess we'll move on. I guess so. So we have six questions that we're going to answer. And so three for Jen, three for Jill. And, uh, and we're just going to go at it. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, we will get the most specific one and the most, I'm, I'm sorry, one out of the way first. Okay. All right. So this question, and I did not have Goldie put names in this uh, outline, and so I'm sorry. This question comes from one of our listeners who has a name. Uh, and they say, I am maintaining a universal life, formerly term policy, on my ex-husband. And the value is 200000 costing 1032 per month. He's 70 in average health. Is this wise? I don't think I would just save the money if it were not going to this policy. Thanks. All right. So I know you asked about insurance. But the answer that you need is not about insurance. This is a type of question that can only be answered by a fiduciary financial advisor who is intimately familiar with your financial situation. Insurance is very nuanced. It is especially universal. Life policies are quite complex. And they're one of the most complex I've written about 
insurance um, many times. And still, whenever I research universal life policies, I leave with more questions than answers. And so this is not something somebody on a podcast really should be able to answer for you. Like I should not be able, I will not and be able to answer this for you. And if somebody says they can, uh, you should question that advice. So let's give a little like brief, br- like overview of when you need to consult a financial advisor, a professional, because we say over and over again, you don't need a financial planner or a financial advisor to invest for retirement. You don't need to trust your money to someone else and pay them a fee to do something you can do on your own. You absolutely do not. Technology has made it so easy and so affordable for you to invest very broadly and very well on your own and save a lot of money doing it. But there are times when you need a financial planner and specifically a fiduciary. And and I'll get, I'll talk about that after I give these situations. So the main situations where you definitely bare minimum need a financial planner, it can be beyond this, but the bare minimums are when you are nearing retirement, because you need somebody to give you advice on where you're at, withdraw strategies, tax liability, stuff like that. So when you're nearing retirement or about to withdraw, if you inherit or receive a large sum of money, so maybe you inherit from a relative or you receive it, maybe you've sold a business, something like that, that is when you should um, consult a financial advisor. If you get married later in life and both of you are bringing assets to the table, so like homes, investments, businesses, stuff like that, then it's definitely, they can advise you in a prenup, which is very advisable, which is a very good idea. So that's a good time. During a divorce, which the asker said this was for an ex-husband. So during a divorce would have been a during the divorce would have been a great time to seek this help and get that answer. It's never too late, obviously, but this would definitely be something um, when you're no longer reliant later, when you're no longer reliant on that person's income, or maybe you are maybe receiving alimony, there are things to figure out there. So during a divorce, and then last, when you lose a spouse, figuring out all the financial things for your spouse while you're also going through grief. There's too much to think about. Bringing in a neutral third party uh, will be your saving grace in that time. So basically retirement, getting a large sum of money, getting married with assets, divorcing with assets, or, or losing a spouse. And those are kind of the bare minimums. Those are bare minimums. There are the list can go on. Uh, you can use a financial advisor at any time, but these are the bare minimums to seek one out. That's a really helpful distinction because I think I often hear, you don't need a financial advisor to invest. And I've taken that advice and kind of mm-hmm. put it across the board. Like you can figure anything out. And and we could, but there are specific times when it is advisable to seek someone who's an expert in that area. And these are them. So just a helpful guide for me, at least, hopefully for the listeners as well. Yeah, yeah. And so the type of financial advisor is also really important. 
because a lot of people can call themselves financial planners or financial advisors. And what a lot of them can be are salespeople of certain financial products. And you find that a lot in an insurance sector. They're selling insurance as an investment when they make a commission on it. And that's how a lot of people like I'm not I'm not going to say that's how you got into it, but that's how a lot of people get into universal life policies. Uh, so you want to be sure that if you get into whatever type of insurance you get into is the right insurance for you, whether it's universal, whole term, whatever. And the way you do that is that you make sure that your financial planner is a fiduciary, has a fiduciary responsibility to you. And basically that's a legal obligation where they accept they they get paid from you, not from any financial services. So their recommendations to you have no standing on their payment. So if they recommend one thing over the other, you are sure it's not because they're getting a kickback from that service. And that's the only way you can do it is that they have to be have a legal obligation, not just say like, oh yeah, we we we're like fiduciaries. No, no. If you if you want to be sure you're getting someone with a legal obligation to never take kickbacks from a financial service, uh, go with a certified financial planner, a CFP, and you'll see that designation after their name. They're very proud of it. They won't hide it from you. You'll just see <laughs> CFP and you'll know that they have that responsibility. But the co- the caveat is that that costs money. You will pay. And that's another thing. If you're getting advice from someone and you didn't pay for it, consider how they're getting paid. Who is pay? Who is footing the bill for your time. And it's probably the kickback they're getting for whatever they're recommending to you. So there is you, no such thing as free. They want to get paid and you want to pay them for their advice. Uh, but you don't need to pay them every month. You don't need to keep them on retainer. You just want to pay them when you're in these big life changes and really need them. That's when it's really worth paying for this advice. Mm. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Next burning question. This person says, I'm having a hard time discovering a decent side hustle that's worth it and not a huge pain. Any advice? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to take this one. You are a side hustle queen. Oh, wow, that title. <laughs> I've done a lot. Can't say I've made a lot of money on all of those <laughs> things that I did, but I did learn along the way. So first of all, I want to zero in on the what something that's worth it and not a huge pain. And first and foremost, really identify capacities for anybody. Like where are you at right now? And how big of a desire do you have and or need for a side hustle? Like That's pretty indicative to me if it's just like, I need some extra cash, but I don't have any extra time. I don't want it to be a pain. I, I don't know what's worth it. That might be an indicator that you don't have maybe the capacity or extra time to be able to give to any type of side hustle. And so that might be a situation where you'd want to consider 
is there a possibility of making more just within your current job? Is it better to consider asking for a raise, negotiating your salary, negotiating maybe more flexibility? Do you just need more vacation time? Are you just tired? Do you need to take some time off and then circle back to this idea? If that's if that's not the case, that's not your situation, it turns out I do have capacity for this. I just really do want it to be worth my while. Then from there, I would consider what's in your hand? What excites you? These are some questions that you could be asking yourself of what do I already have at my disposal? I think it's definitely not going to be worth our time and energy if we have to reinvent the wheel or invest a ton of time and energy or money into some version of a startup. So considering what do I already have on hand that could bring in more money, this might mean something completely separate from maybe your traditional nine to five maybe it's adjacent to that. I know for me, I've shared a lot that it's important for me to find something that feels separate from the work that I do. I didn't want my side hustles to be the same type of thing because that felt very draining or exhausting. Whereas for others, it's, I feel like I have so much more to give and so much knowledge that I I see this a lot, just for example, with teachers. Like I do my nine to five teacher thing or seven to three, you guys get up super early, mad respect. But and then let me create things to teach other teachers on how to do lesson plans or this and that. And that could be the side hustle. So determine what's going to be best for you. Does it need to be different? Can it be the same? And and another good question to ask that could point you in the right direction is what's life-giving? What excites me? What sounds fun? Could there be anything around that that could bring in money? So for instance, for Eric and I, hosting is exciting. Hosting people is fun for me. And so we are turning a portion of our house into an Airbnb that's going to be a bit of a side hustle, a bit of some extra income that I hope doesn't take a ton of extra time and energy for me. It'll be the turning over of the room and answering questions here and there, but certainly will not be a full-time job. And that's exciting for me. That's something of what do I have in my hand? What do I have at my disposal? Ah, I have a spare room. Other side hustles for Eric and I have been DJing. That was because we already had music equipment and it was something that my husband and I could do together on the weekends. It didn't pull us apart to be going and doing those things. For others, it's animals and pets and taking care of other people's pets and taking them for a walk or babysitting, dog sitting, the pets. (laughs) Baby. Baby, Babysitting. Quote unquote babysitting. Dog sitting. Uh, Or maybe it's babysitting. Sitting. Maybe you love babies, or maybe it's house sitting. There's tons of different things that we can do, but those are the questions I would ask. What do I have at my disposal? What kind of time do I have? What kind of money do I want to make? What excites me? What do I have capacity for? There will be greater longevity for us and the things that feel life giving versus the things that feel draining. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amen. And the only thing I would add to that is follow the money. So, what are the things that you would pay for? What are the things you have paid for? And don't do things that just because you love them, you would never pay for yourself or other people you know would not pay for them. Or where the juice just isn't worth the squeeze. Mm -hmm. Like I remember I I loved and still do love thrift 
going to the thrift store and I've had many times where I'm like, I should flip this, these clothes that I see. But I know for me, the juice isn't going to be worth a squeeze because I got to be hunting most weekends, if not more than that each week. I've got to be posting the things online. I got to be packaging and shipping and just measure yeah. the, the juice and the squeeze. The juice and the squeeze. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have another side hustle question. How do you get these freelance jobs, like freelance writing? I feel like I'd be great at proofreading, but 9,000 people are also doing that. <laughs> Very specific number. I know, right? Uh, I actually love this one because I had a conversation with a friend who is a ghostwriter, mm-hmm. and she is actually getting out of ghostwriting to do proofreading because there is so much work. In the industry. Yeah. So it's funny that you would say that. And I think it's because there is a lot of people going for low level jobs. Whereas my friend, who the ghostwriter, she's looking for like traditionally published and self published like books. So people that have money. Again, it's following the money. Where do people have income, like the budget to pay writers, to pay? proofreaders. And I think so many people are going to bloggers and low income just because they see so many of them. And those people don't have the budget for proofreading and editing and writing or, or you know, virtual assisting. A virtual assisting is probably the easiest thing to get into. Every That's the first hire every online business makes. So these jobs are out there. They are absolutely out there. You just kind of have to, you know, keep your eyes on where the money's coming from and start start at the bottom. So I, I look at freelancing kind of like an on-ramp to the highway. You have to start going slow and you start at these like sites that everyone tells you not to go on, like the Upwork and stuff like that, where the jobs are easy to find so that you can get a portfolio and you start with with seeking out other writers in groups on Facebook and off Facebook. And sometimes you have to pay for a membership to a community that has other writers and proofreaders so that you can start to build a community. So you do this and it's a slow build. And then eventually you get on the highway and you've built a portfolio that you can show to people that have higher budgets to pay writers and proof that actually have need for proofreaders or needs for editors or uh, some kind of executive assistance. We have our like Goldie, our podcast manager is strictly on our podcast. So there's even like niches where you can take it niched down uh, to what you want to be doing. So, but you have to put in, you have to go where the jobs are plenty, but not well-paying at first to do some of this portfolio building. And then just you talk to people, maybe moderators in different groups are really good people to form connections with. I attend FinCon, which is a financial media conference every year. And that is where I've gotten the most work from and the most connections. So going in person to conferences, stuff like that. That's where the people with budgets go to find writers is is conferences and different paid communities where people teach this stuff. I think the lower paying ones will go to the 
you know, the communities because they know the writers and proofreaders are just starting out. But conferences are where the people with larger budgets go. And when you go into these places already knowing some people, they can connect you to other good people. So it really is is building that speed to get onto the highway, um, making the connections, building the portfolio. And you just got to start small, but really hustle. But these jobs are out there. And you don't know what you you don't know what you don't know until you talk to people who know what you don't know. And that's why community, I think, is so big um, with freelancing, especially finding a community that's collaborative over competitive. Like find those people because everyone's going to have like proofreaders. My friend has stuff that she loves to read and stuff that she doesn't love to read. And if she don't want to read it, she's going to hand it off to somebody else who who might like it more. So yeah, it's so it's finding that collaborative community to uh, to build on. It's reminding me of our interview that we just did recently with Mandy about negotiating, mm-hmm. just going to conferences. I mean, that's not just good for freelancers. That's good for anybody looking to expand their skill set, mm-hmm. break into a new field, or expand their their abilities, their network, their connections within the field that you're already in. I mean, that one, that tip stood out to me as a big one for the ability to kind of negotiate, find better, mm-hmm. break into maybe certain niches that, that you're hoping to break into. So yeah, if you've not listened to that episode, go back to 263 as yeah. well. If you're thinking about how can I make more? Yeah. And the um, episode 257, the freelance writing with Miranda Marquette, she gives a lot of tips on writing, but they can also be used with editing and proofreading. Where there is a freelance writing position, <laughs> there's an editing position. And then I'm, I, yeah, I'm just he- hearing from my friend that there's a lot of ne- necessity for proofreaders in the book industry. So definitely something you have to work up to. You're not going to, you're going to have to put in your time, probably editing, writing, stuff like that before you can get to the proofreading, but it's out there. There may be 9,000 people doing it, but not all 9,000 are willing to put in the work to get the good stuff. Yeah. On rampant. Yeah. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. 
I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Okay, this next question I'm answering, but the question could be for you too, Jen. How are renovations going and how is your budget looking? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a hot seat of How burning questions. Mm-hmm. Feeling spendy. <laughs> Might renovate. <laughs> Uh, well, my answer is renovations are still going and I am still budgeting. So Eric and I bought this house and moved in August of 2020. It is... Is it almost 2023 or is it 2023 yet? It's It's almost 2023. Almost 2023. And we're still just chugging along. I'm not certain that we're ever, ever truly going to be done with renovations. I think there's always going to be something we're working on. But the big things when we're going to give ourselves a rest is once the Airbnb is done and the kitchen is done. There's still so much more to do, but we're we're going to press the pause button hard. And here we go. I'm sure we're going to have to follow up at some point, but I am hopeful that both of those things will be done. Do I go risky with my estimate or conservative with my estimate? I'm going to hope both those things are done by May. Yeah. I'm going to say May 2023. I'm hopeful that the Airbnb will be done by February. You can't see me, but I'm crossing my fingers. Uh, And then I'll give it till May for the kitchen. And budgeting-wise, we're looking good. Of course, it's shifted. It has shifted and changed all over the map. Some things have cost more. Some things have cost less. We've advocated in different places that I didn't originally anticipate. So who knows if the budget looks anywhere close to what it did when we started out in 2020? Probably not. But but we have been able to cash flow it. And I think that's the biggest thing. There was a moment when we were looking at potentially needing to take out like a no interest loan on cabinetry for the kitchen. But I think we found a solution where that won't be the case. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been going back and forth with cabinets mm-hmm. quite intensely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's it's difficult. I mean, prices on everything have gone up massively. Mm-hmm. And the style that I 
am wanting for our kitchen is just not only a little bit difficult to find right now, but really difficult to find in our price range. And so, yeah, we've been pushing on all of the doors between friends and friends of friends and this website and this in-person cabinetry place and Lowe's and Home Depot. And it just has, we've been all over the place and I am exhausted. I'm worn down. Maybe the kitchen will look nothing like I ever imagined it would look. But I think we found a solution. And hopefully it'll happen by May. Yeah. Yeah. I am I am in a similar spot. Yeah. <laughs> Which part's similar? <laughs> Taking longer, tired. more expensive, uh-huh. tired. Yeah. So actually, like I knew... I knew going in that nothing is as it seems Mm -hmm. in budget, in renovations. That's a good thing to know. So I was like, I'm not going to make a budget. I am going to just every, I'm going to plan with intention every cost. Like I'm going to do what I can to keep every cost low. I know this part, this portion is a rental that we're currently working on, but then we have our, our entire house. And that's probably where I'll stick closer to the budget. It's easier to work on a place that, you know, you won't be using most of the time. Um, but yeah, so we haven't, we never created a budget. We've just been very conscious of what we're spending and the quality of it. We go for not the cheapest, but the second. Yeah, that's pro- that's pretty much our rule. That is a nice is rule. Don't go for the cheapest. Yeah, unless you get free flooring from the dump, and from from contractors trying to throw it away at the dump, and you save it from the dump and put it in your. Rental. I love that that happened yes, for you guys. Me too. And it was like the perfect amount and of flooring. When I say we had one plank left, one full plank left, and some like remnant, like no cuts. wiggle room, but it worked. Yeah. You guys made it work. Yeah. I I do like to keep track just to know. And I feel like it helps to inform me for any potential future projects and to be able to look back and have a clear number of what did that cost mm-hmm. us to do. So I do, you know me and my spreadsheets. I do have a spreadsheet for this. It's not super complicated, but like with a column of what are the things that I think we're going to have to buy, how much do I anticipate that's going to cost, and then how much do I actually spend mm. on it. And as with anything we keep running into, oh yeah, like we didn't factor in the cost of a sill. We didn't factor in the hardware for XYZ. And and so my miscellaneous line item is massive. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always $1,500 of miscellaneous. Just factor that in. But so that's been kind of fun for me to keep track along the way. And then kind of does give me a guideline of, I don't want to exceed this amount on a vanity. I don't want to exceed this amount on this appliance, Mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. So yeah. And then I'll be able to know at the very end, how much did the Airbnb truly cost me? Yeah. I'm just saving receipts and then Mm -hmm. I'll tally it all up at the end. Yeah. Because I'll look. So like, yeah, we've been looking for, we're doing midterm rental and I've been looking at furniture and some of it has been easy to procure at a reasonable price. Um, and some of it I have gotten new yeah. because it's been harder to procure. Yeah. So that has been just a sacrifice I've had to make. Travis has decided he hates putting his clothes away. 
So he's going to give his dresser to the rental. Hey, problem and, solved. And, you know, I'm like, well, it saves me a hundred bucks uh, or possibly more. So <laughs> dressers are very hard to procure. That's the tough thing about this day and age, too. Not only has new stuff gone up in price, but used stuff mm-hmm. has, too, where sometimes by the time you coordinate and drive 30 to 40 minutes to get an item, it's gone. It's, well, it's gone, but also you might not actually be saving that much. Mm-hmm. People want so much money for even their used stuff. So that's been a bit yeah. of a Yeah, and I'm all, I'm all about saving something from a landfill. Yeah. But at the expense of a lot of headache and time, no. So that and, – and we started pretty early. Actually, I shared my like crazy – story of getting the coffee table on Facebook Marketplace and the, it was being sold from my old house. Yes, that was fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. So sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but I'll we'll see at the end what it cost us, what the whole thing costs Ooh, us. If we, we got feel a whole, like revealing. Oh, yeah. We absolutely will. We absolutely will do that episode next year is the culmination of our renovations and okay. what we would do differently and Ooh. what we would Ooh. do the same. Okay. Okay. That's fun. Okay. I'll prepare in my mind. All right. This next question <clears throat> is for sure for you. <laughs> oh, God. Jen, are you a Disney adult? And what has it cost you? Mm-hmm. Your soul. <laughs> <laughs> it has cost okay. her her soul. It has not cost me my soul. Um, <laughs> she is wearing a oh Disney gosh, princess 10K athletic shirt right now, this that very is, second. Okay, yeah. I am wearing a run Disney shirt from 2018 right now. Anyways, and that cost me $10,000. No. Um I so I'm low key and I think it's because a and I went to college in Orlando, had friends that worked at the theme parks. I worked at a bar in a good neighbor hotel, so we got free tickets to the parks as a good neighbor hotel. So I've been around Disney my whole life really close in college, but I was never a Disney person. I always enjoyed it, always down to go, but I was never a Disney person. And now what are you? I would say I'm a low-key Disney adult, and it's because of A, becoming a mom and having a child who like loves Mickey Mouse and all of the Mickey Mouse clubhouse characters yeah, and just fun. thinking it's so cute. So that was probably the catalyst. And I started running Disney races in 2014. Yeah, 2014 is when I started running Disney races. And there's just like no comparison between a Disney half marathon and a half marathon anywhere else. I mean, they're fun. The second... I mean, the only one that could compare was in St. Augustine. There's a 15K called the Gate River Run. That is a fun nine miles. Very fun. And that's the only one that could compare to how fun the Disney races are. And so combined with like running and Disney and now 
at 33 years old and I bought Minnie Mouse ears for the first time. Yes. I own two pairs. Yep. I put one of those pairs on. When yeah, because I figured if package. I'm going to wear these, I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to make somebody <laughs> else with me wear them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I got two. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not going to do it alone. Yeah. From my perspective, you're, di- you're low-key Disney adult. It feel, it, it is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not somebody signing up for every run Disney race. I know that's a very common thing to have a perfect season where you're spending probably a bit 250 to 300 or more just on races plus hotels for every each single, time. Each time for yeah. races. I am not an annual pass holder, but we do when they had... Um, Florida resident specials every January. We always would get those. Not not this year because they only were allowed to use on week weekdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would we would spend money on those. And I have a Disney Plus subscription. Yeah. So that is what so it costs me. It costs you the the run that you choose to do. What yes. about once a year? Or yeah. Are you, are you every other year? Um, probably every other year. Now that I have a kid, I I do want to do wine and dine as kind of like my comeback mm-hmm. after I give birth because it's like a good amount of time. I think between so like I give birth in March and November is when the race is. So I feel like that's a good amount of time. And that's a five. No, that's a ten k. That'll be a half marathon. Half marathon. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Jill ran with me a few times and um, didn't enjoy it. I did do the running club with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was mostly because when we came back to the location of the running club where they sell running shoes, they had a keg. Yes. That you could get free beer from. Yes. So I did that. But the thing about long runs is that you have to be okay with your toes getting shredded and like maybe your toenails falling off and peeing yourself. Oh my gosh, not with a half marathon. No, none of that with a half marathon. That's like full marathon stuff. I just like, I want to keep my feet and I don't want to pee myself. And that's just, that's just my standard. Don't ever get pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, because you do that not on a run. I do that on That's a daily so basis. On yeah. a daily basis. And, and you know, you are a Disney person living an hour and a half from Disney. Yeah. So, like, some of these things don't cost you airfare or lodging. So, it can really make sense and be super cost effective as day trips or... Mm-hmm little little weekend activities. Yeah. And there are a lot of ways to do Disney that don't involve like expensive parties and mm-hmm. like stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there are a lot of options. If you want a Disney episode on how to save money on oh, Disney, geez. whoa, just at me on Instagram. But people probably would want that. At Modern Frugality. Consider yeah, we'll even it. bring on, we would bring on an expert for that because I got a few YouTubers in mind I would bring on. Ah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, let me know if you want that. And then... Then we'll do it in the new year. Okay. All right. Final question. I'll take this one because it's directed to me. How (laughs) many, Jill, how many weekends were you at home versus traveling this year? Dun, dun, dun. Someone paid attention to my uh, stats from the previous year. I did better. 
I did better this year. I see that. Uh huh. So this isn't exactly answering the specifics of this question, but after tallying things up, so this year, rather than just looking at weekends, I looked at how many days out of the year were we home by ourselves versus traveling or hosting. So 198 days of this year, we were traveling or hosting someone versus 167 days we were home. So that means 54% of the year we were traveling or hosting, which came out to 17 weekends home with no guests, which was far better. I think, what was it, the year before or the year before that? It was five weekends. I didn't even see you last year. Home with no guests. So 17 that we did better. Just a little over half the year we were traveling or hosting. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel good about that. Yeah. When I say we're going to do better and people are like, yeah, 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 we'll see. And part of it is I don't think we we still haven't seen you or others in this area as much as we would have liked. That now has to do with renovations because those 17 weekends yeah. we were hitting renovations harder. But it does make me believe that when the renovations are done, I will get percentages better every year. Yes. Of giving my time, money, and attention to where I actually want it to go. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's great. You know what else is great? The Bill of the Week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. All right. So for this listener special, instead of playing a special listener bill, we're going to share our bills Mm. because we so very rarely get to do that. (laughs) And yet we all know Jen's bill. Her forever hey, and I always have two. I have two. Okay. Okay. Uh, and yeah. Go for it. Okay, I'll start. Well, first, my bill of life is Bill Curtis. Uh, the voice of Anchorman, the announcer on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and before that, critically acclaimed actual news anchor. He like actually did stuff before. It is cool. Anchorman and yeah, I'm coming He's around. Very cool. <laughs> Listen to some caught up on some wait, wait, don't tell me over the weekend. He always has the best bill puns. Like every episode, he's got one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like on Halloween, it's Happy Billoween. That's not a good one. That's not a good one. I'm sorry, but that's just one of the ones I was catching up okay. on this weekend. Okay. They're much better than that. Anyways, and I have, one? I have appreciated everyone who uh, we have a listener who lives near Bill Curtis. We have uh, a listener who sent us a Valentine that said, Bill, you be my Valentine with Bill Curtis face on like we I, I get these emails and they light up my life. Wow. They just they light me up. Um, anytime somebody sends me something Bill Curtis related. Wow. And so, so if you, you have can- done it in the past, know that you have 
been a small part of joy in my life. You can request a Disney episode and send a bill pun to Jen Mm -hmm. and she will be elated. Yes. Um, So my actual bill that I will share that is new is the bill I'm about to pay someone to tile my bathrooms. Ooh, Uh, this is good. I don't know how the quality is going to be. And it's just hard to get people to to pay people. It's hard to find people to pay to do work for I you. Know. <laughs> and so normally I'm all about getting multiple estimates, taking the second yeah. to cheapest. Yeah. And I did not have not had that option. Yeah. I'm really like I have three of the three uh, I've probably called six or seven places, gotten three to come over to my house and have gotten one estimate from that. That sounds about right. Yeah. Finding reliable contractors can be very difficult and stressful. And Mm -hmm. then when you have a timeline of a baby coming, it is kind of like, okay, well then just whoever's reliable, I'll take. Whoever's, yeah. Whoever will come with tile. Yeah. Is hired. Yes. So that is a bill I am about to be happy to pay. Yeah. To like take my money. Ooh, I'm excited to see that happen for you. Yeah, the tile it's going to be very similar to the tile that's in uh your room right now. <laughs> yeah. I can see it. The faux stone yeah. that I has fiberglass all through it. Inspiration from it. And I think that's what we're going to use. The bane of my existence. Yeah. But it's the reason we got this house. I'm sure of it. Everyone else looked at this fake stone and said, no way, that's too much work. Mm -hmm. And we said, okay, we'll do it because it's not a lot of money. That's so true. All right. My bill, I don't know if I've said this before. I probably have. It's a nugget hidden somewhere. But I realized I am a bill (laughs) in some regard. Expound. So, a nickname of mine growing up was Willie. Why? I think it was this whole kind of combination that my grandmother primarily called me. I call her Gimba, so we just love to make up names. She, the whole thing was, I, I was called Silly Jilly Willie from Philly. Sometimes then it was Jilly Willy, and then that just turned into Willy. My grandmother called me Willy for my whole life. And you know, Will, Willy is Bill. short for Bill. Mm-hmm. No, William, Bill short for William, whatever. They're all interchangeable. So here I am, me and my Willy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, But also another bill, which coincides with just a fun fact, because it's a listener special and we're shooting the breeze over here. I am about to pay a bill tomorrow that will be the first time ever that I have paid a bill like this. And it is getting a haircut at a salon. Oh my gosh, yes. Never (gasps) have I ever paid to get my hair cut at a salon. This is Jill speaking. I'm 33 years old. Never have I ever paid to get my hair cut at a salon. And never have I ever let somebody that doesn't have a degree certificate in cosmetology touch my hair. Yeah. Well, (laughs) see, and those are some of my caveats is I have paid people who have a degree in cosmetology to cut my hair and a license and all that. It's just like been in their home Mm -hmm. or at my home. I've never done it 
at a salon. It's always like a friend who will do it. And back when throwing them 25, 30 bucks was a reasonable amount, I would do that. And now it's not a reasonable amount. I will probably pay over $60. But you know what? I haven't cut my hair in over a year. And I don't know anybody who's going to come to my home and cut my hair. So I'm going to go pay. Yeah. You've got mermaid hair. Like, what are, what are you gonna what are you gonna call my hair when it doesn't look like a mermaid anymore? I don't know. I, it's still great. <laughs> Every time she sees me, she well, I just, just calls it mermaid hair. Well, because you know how like in old pictures of mermaids, they didn't wear tops; they just covered <laughs> their they hair. covered their bosoms with their it hair. It is long enough yeah. for that. I do that sometimes. Yeah, when I don't have a That's top. What mermaid hair? Around, just, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> not not a recommendation or a suggestion. I'm just saying that's. What I think of when I see really long hair. Yeah. Well, there you go. We both had two bills that we've been piling up there. If you listening have a bill that you want to submit, if you realize you are a bill or you've got a bill you are excited to pay, you're trying to pay someone to tile your bathroom, or you've never paid this type of bill before. Or it's Bill Curtis. Or it's Bill Curtis. Can we just get a bunch of people to call in Bill Curtis? Oh my gosh. And maybe he'll hear it and he will call in himself. Yeah, please. Well, so visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Keep it vague for us. Leave us your bill. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H- M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. And now it's time for Lightning Round. Uh, so here is our question from Goldie. She asks, what's a question or request you wish? You added that, didn't you? <laughs> 
It's a question you wish your listeners had asked of you. And Jill has inserted or request. No, 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 no. That was in there. That was in there? That was in there. Oh. Or a request. And it got me thinking. It's just in bold. Yeah. Well, that that was all there, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, I guess maybe Goldie wanted this too. <laughs> I'll go first. A question or a request. I wish... That our listeners had requested a pregnant dance video from Jen because mostly because I love that. I love watching pregnant women dance. Girl, you missed it at the wedding this weekend. (sighs) Dang it. Maybe Travis had gotten some video, but I don't think so. That was NSFW. That's okay. There's still more time. You are a little (laughs) over halfway through your pregnancy. And like the bigger you become, (laughs) the better it's going to get. And I think you did potentially promise me this, but I know that you would you would more strongly deliver if our listeners had requested it. So there is still time to request a pregnant dance video. I feel like I've got like a list of two or three songs that I would want it to be too. But I'll I'll let the listeners also request right. that too. If you call in your bill and you also want to request a song. It's, it's always too. like a for me, the standard needs to be like a hip hop kind of like break it down stank face while oh, yeah. pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was at a friend's house who was at our party in April to celebrate uh, our deal with iHeart and our however many downloads. Yeah. And, uh, she was like, whenever I hear big energy, I think of you. <laughs> no like, way. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You should. All right. What's your question or request that you wish um, listeners had asked? The question I wish I'd got is, Jen, why do you love Publix Tiramisu so much? <laughs> Just so you could <laughs> explain more and yeah. expound upon it. I had planned to look up like Publix Tiramisu. Let's, we can do it in real time. Look, it's the first thing that comes up. I wonder if there are any like blog posts about how beautiful it is. There's definitely a YouTube review. Dear, dear, Pinterest says, Tiramisu, Olive Gardens is good, but I like Publix the best. And that says nothing. Wow. For it. But it is so creamy and it is more moist than a traditional tiramisu. And I know I'm sorry I use that word, but it is. That's the best word to describe it. And it's a good thing? It's yes. like a good kind? Yes. It's more like a tiramisu custard with some coffee and cake in it versus a cake with some mascarpone on it. Thanks so much for listening, guys. <laughs> So as you can see, if we Reddit do a lis- it too. if we do a listener special, you're gonna get Jen talking about Disney, Bill Curtis, and Tiramisu. Like this is her core values. Hey, at least and I didn't get her into radical cults. middle and the things that are anchoring her. And, and we Jill just will won't talk be about able to not talk about that. Me dancing while pregnant. Yeah. You notice until now, I haven't said a thing about gum. You haven't. Apparently, I'm not as dedicated to my things as you are to yours. I guess. 
Oh, well, thanks for being here. (laughs) Thanks for, if you made it this far, wow, you deserve some tiramisu. Yes, you do. A prize. Well, well, we're going to give this prize to one of our listeners who also shared a review. We still love getting those five-star reviews. This comes from Tiggity Fluff. That's fun. Five stars. Delightful. I find this podcast to be so fun and approachable. I liked it initially, but it grew on me fast. And now I look forward to every new episode and have gone back and listened to past episodes as well. Wow. Take any fluff. Jill and Jen are informative, fun, practical, and smart. They project a warmth that makes you feel like you're sitting down and chatting over coffee. The fun, fun structure changes it up so it isn't just one big long interview, which I love. Keep it up, ladies. Thank you, Tiggity Fluff. Tiggity Fluff. That's the kind of encouragement we like. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's so kind. And thank you all for listening and for all of you who have left reviews in the past. If you want to keep leaving reviews for us that are nice and encouraging, we love that. They help potential listeners know if this is the show for them or not, because we aren't for everybody. And we always get a lot of searchers in January. So if you haven't left a review yet, this is the perfect time to let your fellow and future frugal friends know what they're in for. Yes. So thank you for your reviews. We love reading them. And we will see you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Okay, Jen, for my very first paid salon haircut, what should I do? Should I chop it all off? Should I shave it? Take an inch. I had a dream (laughs) last night. I'm just remembering this, that when I went into the salon, what they did or or the night before or something. No, no, no. Yeah. Before I went to the salon, I had like switched hair with someone. And the hair that I then now had after the switch was very coarse, super choppy and super short and and super grown in roots. Like almost like halfway down the crown of my head was like super bleached blonde. And the other half was super, super dark. Again, very coarse. It's usually the opposite. Packed up, like super choppy all over and very short. And I was pre-devastated because I knew I was about to pay a lot of money to go to a salon and I wasn't giving them much to work with. Like (laughs) it was already very short. Like what what's more what could they do with this and i knew that it needed to now be dyed because it was and i've never ever done that before like i've not died like at one time i did my own box dyeing in college or something and i knew that the, what i got the woman probably wouldn't have time to dye my hair it was like this very like realistic unrealistic wow. uh nightmare about Apparently, I'm super worried about paying to get my hair cut in a salon. Well, just don't switch hair with anybody before you go. (laughs) That would be um, And then like the switching of the hair made my face really greasy. So I started like breaking out everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Like the procedure they used to switch hair? I guess. Or like because it wasn't my hair, my body wasn't used to it. So it was like clogging my pores. (laughs) It was a weird dream. 
It's um, a really weird dream. I'm so uh, sorry you had that. I, so I won't switch hair. I'm, I'm getting my hair cut tomorrow. Lesson learned. Won't switch hair with anybody. I'll give them mermaid hair to work with. Yeah. And we'll I see always, what I come out with. I tell my girl, Mariah, uh, take an inch off. Or actually bare minimum. Because with curly hair, an inch goes a mile. <laughs> an inch is a mile. Yeah. So I say, take as little off as you can. And she gets it because she has very curly hair. I think I need like six inches gone. I think you could do with six inches. Yeah, I think that'd be fine. And it would still be considered a long haircut. It would. This is exciting. Oh, uh, it's very exciting. This is riveting. I'm going to look like a new person. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I won't recognize you. <laughs> I'll find a new co-host. My voice will be the same. Unless it's not. <laughs> unless I switch voices with people. My same hair, but a new voice. <sighs> That'll be my new nightmare tonight. Go listen to episode 140. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 